Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. So my hope for this message is that it'll inspire somebody in this room into action. And so um, at the very least, what I hope that you would gain is a new perspective on your God-given authority. Now, for the sake of this class, uh, I want to ask you guys by a show of hands, how many of you guys believe in God? So by a show of hands, raise your hands if you believe in God. Now, Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians, and this is uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see what is the hope of God's call. What is the richness of God's glorious inheritance among believers? And what is the overwhelming greatness of God's power that is working among us believers? This power is conferred by the energy of God's powerful strength. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this message today is because one thing that I've noticed and, and one thing that we're walk, working out and walking out between my wife and I is that I see a lot of Christians who walk around in sort of a, a timidness about moving forward in a dream or, you know, some, some goal that they had in life. You know, whether that's a new business or a nonprofit or maybe you've always felt like you want to write a book or maybe you've felt you've had some other dream or invention that, that you have in your mind, and you've just been uh, timid about moving forward in that goal. And so the reason this, this spoke to so strongly in our lives here is because um, we're not coming from a place of abundance. So this isn't like some rich guy talking to you guys on how to get rich, because we're really not. But over the last couple of years, the doors that I've seen God open up in our lives, I just I couldn't believe it thinking back, you know, over the last couple of years, what he's done for us. And so one thing that I've always, uh, always realized is that God is a God of promotion. He's not going to take you backwards. If you're moving in his will and you're, and you're working according to his purpose, he will always move you forward. So my wife and I had the opportunity, um, you know, like all of us through the pandemic, you know, lives changed and, and our work situations changed. And in a time where people were shrinking, my wife and I had the opportunity to expand our tent. And I don't even know how, I can't even tell you how all this came about, but one, uh, one weekend in, I don't even remember, I think it was October of last year, um, we had the opportunity to buy a piece of land. And that had always been kind of a dream of ours to buy property, but we had just never really walked in that faith to go ahead and step out and do that. Now, keep in mind that like I said, you know, we're not walking from a place of abundance in the fact that we don't have like a ton of extra money sitting around, but we have a ton of extra faith and a ton of extra go-gettingness that we had sitting around. So we went, we went and looked at this property and um, it was just really kind of out of the blue because I remember I received an email about a land sale that was going to, that was going to happen like the very next weekend. This was like a Monday and I got an email about a land sale that was happening Saturday. Okay. So I called and, and, you know, they told me about the land sale and I said, okay, well, go ahead and go ahead and sign me up to reserve a spot. And that's literally all I did. 
sign me up to reserve a spot. I didn't even tell my wife, Monique, about it. And so we're, um, this was like Monday or Tuesday. And then, you know, as we go towards the end of the week, we're having this conversation, I think maybe Thursday or Friday, about some sort of, I, can't, I couldn't even tell you the conversation, but it brought up this thought about this land sale that I had signed up for Monday. And so um, I was like, Monique, I was like, that just reminded me. I signed up for a land sale. This was a Friday. I remember this because I said, this land sale is tomorrow. And I didn't even think about it. I had forgotten I had signed up for it. And I said, do you want to go? And she was like stunned. And she was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So we go, and, and this is in Athens. If you guys know where Athens is, Athens is east of Dallas, out uh, near, near Canton. And so we go to this land sale, and, you know, it, it all started to become real to us, that this was, like, really something that could happen. So they're giving us a tour of these properties, and it's different lots that are available through this land sale. And, you know, and, and like I said, we really didn't even prepare for this. But we got there, and we, we came into agreement that if this is something that God was going to move on our behalf for, that we're going to go forward with it. So as we're talking to the sales agent that, that has given us this tour, you know, he's describing the properties, and he's telling us, you know, what are you guys looking for? And we said, we want a piece of land with a pond on it. And so he did a really good job of, of looking at the map, and he said, okay, these are the pieces that have some sort of pond on them. And it's really crazy how these land sales go, if you guys have never been to one. But essentially, all these different uh, investors and buyers meet at the same time. And then the clock goes off when the land sale opens up and everybody heads out to find these pieces of land. And there's a sign there. It's like a for sale sign. And every buyer gets a sticker uh, that says sold or something on it. And that's, that's like your tag. And in order for you to claim that piece of land, you have to run to that for sale sign and put your sticker on it. So we're, we're driving, and there was a piece of land that had a big pond on it, too big, bigger than we wanted, but somebody had claimed that. And so our, our, uh, our sales agent is, he's like, hey, guys, when we get to this piece of land that has this pond, if you guys want it, you got to claim it, right? So we're coming up to this piece of land that has this pond on it, and Monique sees it before I see it. And she's like, David, that's it. That's the one that I want. And I kid you not, there was another truck that was looking at this piece of land that we wanted. And uh, <laughs> our sales agent pulls over and I jump out of the car and I sprint to that sign, that little for sale sign. And I put the sticker on it before, <laughs> before these guys in the truck had a chance to get out of their vehicle. And so... Um, and it was just, I just remember how funny it was, you know, seeing me run across this field to a piece of land that had this, uh, this for sale sign. And then just thinking, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> what did we just do? So, you know, after that, they feed you lunch. You know, they've got everybody there, all the, all the prospective buyers. And you're filling out paperwork to claim your piece of land and stuff. And so we go through that whole process. <laughs> I'm like, what did we just do? This is like a $50,000 piece of land. And we don't have $50, much less $50,000. So, so um, you know, so we said, well, let's go for it. You know, I mean, the worst they can tell us is no. And so, you know, we applied for a loan and got approved for the loan and got this piece of land. And, uh, and I was just so excited because, you know, like I said, um, when, when I signed up to come, come uh, 
tour the land, I did it really kind of half-heartedly and not even really thinking or expecting that we were going to go. And just to get an agreement for my wife to go, you know, for something that she wasn't planning to do, it was just, it just really moved on my spirit. And so um, after that, we, my wife had always wanted a snow cone business forever, for years and years. She wanted a snow cone business. Now, we had just bought this piece of land, so we had just committed $50,000 to this piece of land that we didn't have. But then, several months after that, um, my brother and I were talking, and, uh, and he said, oh, hey, by the way, I know somebody who has a snow cone business for sale. And we weren't even talking about her wanting one. It was just kind of a random conversation that we had. As a matter of fact, that's what it was. We were in, my brother lives in Lubbock, and so I was visiting him. And we were at a snow cone place where they sell like snow cones and shakes and stuff. And so him and I went and we just kind of started talking about it. And I had mentioned to him that Monique had always wanted one. And he's like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, I know somebody who has one. They have a business for sale and they're trying to sell everything. Has all the equipment and everything. I was like, really? And so I told Monique and there we go again. We just like step out, take another step in faith to purchase this, this snow cone business. And, um, and I was like, okay, all right, well, let's go for it. And so we purchased that just several months after we purchased a piece of land. And the reason I bring this up here is not to gloat on us, but to gloat on God. Because, you know, one thing that I remember telling Monique when we were buying the piece of land and when we bought the snow cone business is there are things that are limitless and there are things that are limited, limited supply, and I've always been under the impression before this that, that money was the limited supply. And that, you know, there was just, we could never really do anything because we never had money to do it. But we purchased a piece of land uh, and the snow cone business without really any money. And so one thing that I understood and started to understand and that I will hope you guys start to understand is that the money supply is not the, the limited part of your, of your dream, your time is the limited part of your dream. And one thing that I tell Monique is like, you know, we're at a point in our lives, if we don't do, if we don't start doing these things that we have dreams to do, we're never going to do them. This opportunity is going to pass us and we're never, and it's never going to come around again. And we're going to look back at this point in time and we're going to think to ourselves, why didn't we just do it at that point? Why didn't we just move forward? And so we did. And, and, and now I say that to say this, that it, it hasn't been easy. You know, the, the, the land and the business hasn't always been rosy days. And a, a lot of times we're not making enough money with the snow cone business to cover the rent of the spot that we're at. But I do know this, that God did open this door for us. And he continues to open doors for us. And, um, and so that's really kind of the point of this message is that as believers, we have to start stop uh, with this feeling of that we're paupers begging at the, at the table of our masters just to get enough bread to keep us from starving. That we need to start walking out in the God-given authority that he's given each of us. So in my spirit, I believe that we as Christians are allowing our hopes and dreams to pass us by because fear has gripped us into this prison of inactivity. You know, a lot of times when, when we talk to people about different dreams they have, the common things that we hear about that is, 
well, you know, I'm, I'm still looking into that. I'm still researching that. You know, I'm doing my research. I got to pray about it. You know, and, and those are all just tactics of fear. You know, it's a way for you to not have to, um, not have to obligate yourself to do anything, right? I'm still thinking about it. I'm still praying about it. I'm still researching it. And you get to this point where you get um, paralysis by analysis, I'm going to keep thinking about this. I'm going to keep, I'm still looking into it, make sure it's the right thing. And then you don't ever do anything, right? Now, <clears throat> now, how many of you guys, just in kind of thinking about this, have ever been presented with or have ever come up in your mind with an idea, something that you want to move forward in, something that God put in your heart, whether it's a business, a book, a nonprofit organization, or anything else? Anybody? Okay. And that was the same thing with us. You know, my wife and I, uh, on top of this, um, this has just been such a crazy season for us. And like I said, you know, I don't say this in a, in a way that we just have, like, tons of money uh, just floating around in our, in our system because we don't. But, you know, God con- continually provides. And one of the other things that in going, in going through this, little, this journey that we've been going through is Monique had always wanted to start a nonprofit organization. And she's had this dream for, for years, uh, along with the snow cone business. And we were talking one day, and it was at a Walmart, right, that we were talking. And uh, she had talked about this dream before, and, and she tells it better than I do. And she says that she remembers the day that this all came, like became a reality because she had been thinking about it in her spirit and praying about it. And then as we're walking into Walmart, she says that I turned to her and I said, I think we need to start that nonprofit. And at the same time, she'd been thinking about that. And so we started this nonprofit uh, about a year ago, right? Two years ago. And this is a scholarship foundation that we had, that we had started in the memory of her mom who who'd passed away. And so, you know, when I think about some of the things that we've accomplished through that, not that we've accomplished, but have been accomplished through that, I was uh, helping Pastor Wanderson with a class that he teaches last semester at CF&I, and we don't have, like, tons of monies to give out, but we were teaching this class, and we had thought about giving somebody in this class a scholarship. And so we put it out, hey, guys, if you guys need a scholarship, you know, send us an email, and, and if you're selected, we'll give you a scholarship. Well, it went from us giving out one scholarships to giving out 15 scholarships. Was it 15? 15 scholarships. And the, and, the, and the foundation didn't have enough money to do 15 scholarships. We had enough maybe for one, maybe two. But we started getting all these emails, and the stories that we were reading were so impactful, and the needs that, that, they, that these kids were expressing were so dire that we were like, okay, we can't not give this person money. Even if we don't have it, we can't give, not give this person money. And so we started reaching out to friends and families and other investors and things of that sort. And we just, we just asked, hey, you just started, we just basically started our own little telethon trying to raise money. And, you know, by all, all God's glory and grace, we had enough money to give out 15 scholarships. And, when, and that was like another, another like aha moment for us that, you know, when you're moving in God's will and you're moving towards his purpose, that he's going to open doors and unlock, you know, unlock treasures that you didn't even know were there. 
And I saw something happen in my wife. You know, she was so empowered by that. Because my wife, by nature, is a very timid person. If you guys ever get to know her, she's wonderful. Best person I've ever met. But by nature, she's a very timid person. But one thing that I noticed in, in, in this whole, in this part of this journey, is that it was moving her into, into her purpose. And it was breaking her out of the shell that she typically resides in. And just to see the change in her has just really been, been uh, awe-inspiring. So, you know, we were talking about your dreams and your goals. And like I said, you know, a lot of times what I see people fall into, and I say this for myself, not just, not just other people, but myself. I was always of the type that, you know, um, I'm a thinker and, and, you know, I like to research stuff. And, I, and that was always my thing. And so anytime I had an opportunity to do something, I was always like, well, let me think about it. Let me look into it. Let me research it. So I'm speaking to you not as somebody who, who has totally overcome this, but as somebody who is still overcoming this. Somebody who, you know, who uh, has dreams and has visions, and I've always let myself get in the way of my progress. So uh, I just want to encourage you guys with that. Now, one thing that we talked about earlier is that I asked you guys, how many of you guys believed in God? And pretty much to a person, everybody raised their hand, right? Now, so I'm going to ask you this, this follow-up question, and I want you to ask yourself this follow-up question. I know that you believe in God, but ask yourself, well, let me ask you guys, how many of you believe God? Because this is a totally different thing. Believing in God is one thing, right? But believing in him is a totally different thing. And I want you guys to really grasp that. Now, we've read in the Bible, and we've, we've heard this from other messages, the, st- the statistic that the Bible mentions fear not 365 times, right? One for every day of the year. But uh, what I want you to take away from this is that is this quiet confidence that you've been given the authority to move forward by the ultimate authority figure. God has given us, each of us, authority to move forward in those dreams that we have. Now, this doesn't mean that you go willy-nilly and go buy a piece of land like we did. I don't know how much we prepared on that. You know, we're going to give that to God. We're going to give him that situation. But we have it nonetheless, right? So I'm not saying do that, okay? But what I am saying is that God has equipped each one of us. And there are books, and there are dreams, and there are businesses, and there are inventions and there are, there are ideas in this room right here. With all of us sitting here, there are those things that haven't been birthed yet because we've been, we've, been, um, you know, we've been afraid to step out in faith and just go for it. Now, if authority is defined as the power or the right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. So this is important to think about because, like I talked about, you know, we can believe in God, but believing him is a totally different thing. So as a child of God, you must never see yourself as destitute. You know, we talked about earlier, you know, begging at the scrap of the master's table for the breadcrumbs to fall just enough so that we can sustain ourselves and not starve. Now, Luke uh, chapter 10, verse 19 says, Look, I have given you authority to crush, to crush snakes and scorpions underfoot. I have given you authority 
of all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. And what that tells us is God has given us this authority that we can crush those things that the enemy has, has put in front of us to hinder our progress. Matthew 18, verses 18, 18 to, through 20, um, if you read those verses, uh, verse 18 says, the things that we have, that we've binded on earth shall be bound up in heaven, right? The things that we loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Matthew 18, 19 says, if any two shall agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done of our father in heaven. And Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three gather in my name, I am there. Now, how many, how many of you guys would agree that we're gathered here in his name? Amen. How many of you guys would agree with me that you have a purpose that you can move forward into? And so one thing that my wife and I did, uh, that my wife and I do, and we did this specifically for the land and for the snow cone business that we bought, when it came down to the point that we had to make a decision, either A, to step back, or B, move forward, before we signed anything and before we actually moved forward, because we could have technically still gotten out of our land sale if we wanted to. Even though we had claimed it, there were still outs. We, we had that opportunity. And so we we excused ourselves from the rest of the group and we just went off by ourselves and we just started talking. And I said, sweetie, you know, we need to make a decision on this because if we're going to back out, we need to do it now before we obligate ourselves to something. But if you're in agreement, then I'm in agreement that this is something that God wants for us and we're going to move forward. And so we prayed about it. And once we had finished praying, then we were in complete agreement with each other that we didn't have to be fearful and we could move forward. Now, that unlocked the ability for us to go forward and not have to look back. You know, God had brought us to this point where, he, where we found the piece of land that we were looking for with the features that we wanted. It has this beautiful 100-year-old oak tree on it. It's just majestic. And it's right there sitting on it, just a beautiful tree. And then behind it, it's got a, a small pond by it. And it was exactly what we'd been looking for. And so uh, when we... When we put that God stamp of approval on that, that gave both of us a confidence that we could move forward, even in the uncertainty of, okay, where are the funds from this coming from? Even in that uncertainty, it gave us the confidence to move forward and go ahead and go through with the land sale. Now, the the enemy wants us to believe, Satan wants us to believe that we are poor and helpless. And that the roadblocks that he's put in front of us are insurmountable and that we can't overcome those. And we need to stop living in that, in that shadow of timidity and start learning to walk out in a quiet confidence knowing that we've been given authority to, to stomp on the, on, on the devil's head, right? That's what the word, tell, that's what the word tells us. We read that in, in that verse in Luke. Look, I have given you authority to crush snakes and scorpions underfoot. Those snakes and scorpions are those ideas, those fears, those, uh, those unsure thoughts that you have, that's the unbelief in your spirit that you are enough. Let me tell you, each of you guys is, is enough. You have enough in you, and you have enough that comes through you to move forward and start, and start living those dreams. Listen to this verse in Isaiah. This is Isaiah 52, verses 1 through 2. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, Zion. 
Put on your splendid clothing, Jerusalem, you holy city, for the, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer come into you. Shake the dust off yourself. Rise up. Sit in throne, Jerusalem. Look, loosen the bonds from your neck, captive daughter Zion. And what he's telling us here is that we need to loosen those shackles that have kept us in this poverty, in this poverty mindset, and this, in this mindset that, that we have to think about things, that we still have to research things, that we have to check with somebody. If, uh, one thing that Pastor Luke said, this, and he said this years ago, and he might have said it in passing, but it stuck with me, and it was just been like a proverb to me. And Pastor Luke says, if God has given you the vision for something, then he's going to provide the provision for that dream. And that's one thing that I've really, that's kind of stuck with me and, um, and that we've used to start living our life. And just to see how, you know, how God is opening doors for us, it's not because we're special and it's not because we're perfect, but we're, but one thing that I can say is that we're starting to walk in this, we're starting, starting to walk into this mantle that we're going to take God at his word, right? Now, this doesn't mean that my wife and I don't have challenges and we don't have fears. And I always try to be transparent anytime I'm speaking to a group of people. So I'm going to be transparent with you guys for a little bit. So... We haven't always been as well off as we are now, and we're not, I'm not saying we're rich, but we hadn't always been as well off as we are now. Now, a decade or so, I don't remember, in the house that we live at, we were at a position where we hadn't made a payment in our house for a while. I don't even know how long it was. And we were at the point that we were about to lose our house to foreclosure. Okay? Now, Bank of America, who hold, held our loan at the time, had this program where you could modify your loan. And so we went through this program with Bank of America to modify our home mortgage. And it was modified. But in that process, um, HUD had to pitch in some monies, I guess, to help catch up the arrears of the home. And so at that time, it was something like 40 something thousand dollars. Okay. Now that $40,000 wasn't going to be due until like 2035. So it wasn't something we were too concerned about. But then a couple years ago, um, we were talking to somebody who, uh, like a refinance company, and interest rates were super low, and they convinced us to, to refinance our home. You know, we thought we were making a good decision. And, and I'm, I'm not saying it was a bad decision, but one thing that always concerned me is this outstanding kind of lien that we had with, with HUD. And so we asked them about that, and, you know, through their research, they're looking for the title paperwork, and they basically... Um, they told us basically they couldn't find it and that somehow it had been resolved. Okay, and we didn't know. We're not financial. I'm not a, I'm not a mortgage broker or anything, so I didn't know to look. But anyway, we did the refinance, and unfortunately what it did for us is it accelerated the maturity of that second lien. And so now instead of that, be, that lien being pushed off till 2035 or 2040, whenever it was, it was due today. So we get a letter about a year and a half after we refinance our home that this 40-something thousand dollars is due. The, the refinance had basically matured it. And so obviously, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I didn't have $40,000 in my pocket. So we didn't pay it, and it got forwarded to the Department of Treasury, and now that $40,000 has turned into $60,000 because of fees and interest and things of that sort. 
And I say that because, like I said, I don't, I don't want you guys to think that we're walking in a place. I mean, we're walking in a place of abundance. You know, we're still eating. We're fine. But this was a big, it was a big deal to us. And it was something initially <clears throat> that, I mean, we've, we've cried about it. We've prayed about it. We've been so fearful about it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I started leaning on this word here that God has created us to have authority. And I told my wife when we were talking about it, and I said, <clears throat> I said, sweetie, I said, I don't know how. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I said, but God's going to do something in this situation. He's either going to bring in the resources that we're going to be able to pay this thing off, or he's going to do something else where they forgive the debt, or he's going to do something. I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to put a limit on what's going to happen to this, and I'm not going to walk in fear anymore that, we're gonna, that this is going to take us under because it's not. Because one thing that I do believe, and I stand on this, is that for those people like us, you know, who are walking in his will and walking according to his purpose, that he is a God of promotion. And I don't know exactly how this is going to get resolved, but I have the full confidence in knowing that it's going to work out. And so I say that because I want this to be, I want this to be recorded because we're going to come back when all this is resolved and when God shows out. We're going to come back and revisit this, and I'll let y'all know exactly what happens, okay? Now, First Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs. My God will meet, will meet all your needs. According to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. This is, this is the, the simple truth that we've that we're walking in right now is that, and this, and the simple truth that you should walk in, like I said, the limitless, the, the limited uh, resource is not the money. The money is out there. If you guys have dreams and you have goals to move forward into a business, there's finances for it. Okay. I don't want you guys to be scared about that. But what I do want you to remember is the limited, the limited resource that you do have is your time. You can't get back yesterday. And just like us, when I told my wife that, you know, we can't move, we can't continue to let these opportunities pass us by because life is going to continue moving. And once those opportunities pass you by, then you'll never get that opportunity again. So if you have an opportunity in front of you, I'm telling you guys, go for it. I'm encouraging you guys, do it. Step out in faith. Take that chance. Now, I'm not going to tell you that they're always going to be successful, and if you talk to enough business people who have their own businesses, you know, who are entrepreneurs, they tell you that they've had you know, things that haven't worked out. But I would much rather take that opportunity and have that, and have that life experience and those lessons of a failed dream than never having tried it at all. Now, we talked about this, the money supply being an endless resource for you guys, and I truly believe that, and I believe it for us. Because Second Malachi, Second Malachi verses three, uh, chapter 3, verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such, so much blessing that you, will have, that you will not have enough room for it. And I really believe that, you know, as we walk in God's precepts and as we walk in his purpose, that he's going to pour out those blessings into your situation that you're not going to know where they're all coming from. And like I said, you know, uh, activity opens doors. It really, really does. 
And we're seeing things happen in our, like I said, in the snow cone business, the reality is that we really haven't made enough money to cover rent. But in that, there was a door that opened. And we purchased another piece of, another piece of equipment for our snow cone business. And we haven't even started using this piece of equipment. But Monique was able to uh, book seven events for this other piece of equipment that we purchased. And the monies that are coming from those seven events exceeds what we need to cover the rent. You see what I'm saying? That was something that we were looking for and something that um, we didn't know, we didn't think about. And it it became an open door for us. And we talked about it and we prayed about it and we moved forward in it. And those dividends are being seen now. And we haven't even had our first event. As a matter of fact, we have our first event coming this weekend, right? So it's like really, really exciting to see that God is moving in this and he can move in it, not just for us, but for each of you guys. Now we've got a couple minutes here and so I don't wanna wanna stay too long. I wanna make sure that we get you out in time. But let me close with this. This is Isaiah 41, verse 10. And it says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so my prayer for you guys is that God will start to uh, break every chain, every chain, every chain of marital strife, every chain of addiction, of poverty, of unbelief, of disobedience, of self-doubt. I think that that's one that a lot of us can, can say amen to, right? So with this, let us, let's, let's pray together. And what we're going to ask God for is that, that he would start breaking these chains. So if you'll bow your head real quick, I'll start the prayer here. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you've opened my eyes to see the truth that we, don't, that we don't walk in lack, Lord, that we don't walk in powerless submission, Lord, but we walk in the full authority that you've given us, Lord. The authority, Lord, to open doors, Lord. Your word says that you give us the power to create wealth in our hands, Lord, and we're just believing, and, and I'm believing for every person here today, Lord, that they are tapping into that authority that you've given them, Lord. Lord, we ask you to break every chain, Lord, the chains that have kept us in bondage, Lord, the, ch- the chains of marital strife, the chains of addiction, the chains of poverty, unbelief, self- self-doubt, and disobedience. Help us to start walking in the divine authority that you've given us. Help us to start achieving the ideas that you've inspired in us. Help us to start breaking those walls down that have kept us bound up and, to, and help us to live in the limitless blessings that, that you've laid in front of us. And in, and in turn, Lord, we will give you all the glory and all the honor because it is not through our might, but through your strength that we have this authority. We lift you up today and we praise your name. In your holy name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Well, guys, I really hope that that inspired you. I really hope that it unlocked something in your spirit. I really hope that there is a dream 
or an idea that you have in your mind that, that God has confirmed to you that it's time to move forward in. And I just really, really look forward to talking to each one of you guys and, and we'll share testimonies about what God is doing in your life and what he's done in ours. Thank you guys. Bless you.